just as a quick guide, I would like to tell you all just something small before we start. As most of you may know, I'm a preteen, well, not yet a teenager, and I intend for this teaching today to be sort of like a lecture, not a real hard preaching like my daddy over there will do. This is, this is supposed to convey a message from us children to you parents. And before we actually get into this, I would like to say just a short prayer to invite the Holy Spirit into this room. It's always a very beautiful thing to have the Spirit guiding us in everything we do. Can we all close our eyes? Heavenly Father, we have come here today to ask that you help us. We pray that we're able to understand whatever I'm teaching today, Lord. Let this message touch hearts and we invite the Holy Spirit into this room to guide us today. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining me in that prayer. Okay, we can start now. It's Children's Day, as we're all aware. It's a day to celebrate the joys and pains of taking care and nurturing a child. And along with the theme for today, our topic is the intentional parents. To give us a general overview of what we're talking about today, I would like to start with the definition. Intentional parenting is Christ-like parenting. It is making decisions about how you respond rather than react to your child's behavior in a way that is purposeful and deliberate and teaches skills and nurtures connection. In simpler words, it's deliberate parenting. It is saying things and acting in ways that fosters connections between you and your child. At this point in time, I would like to give our main text, taken from the books of Proverbs 22, verse 6. It says, and I'll be reading from the King James Version of the Bible. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he grows old, he will not depart from it. But in today's day and time, what really is the way to go? I feel like it isn't beating children into shape. Shouting until all the veins in your forehead pop out. Or unnecessary restrictions. But it isn't begging your child worshipping them or bending to their every will. It should be a balance, being firm when needed and being considerate at other times, but not being soft. You see, the way we treat our kids now will have long-lasting effects on their futures. Undisciplined kids produce unstable adults. Overworked or unnecessarily chided kids produce anxious adults. It's quite simple. Training your children in the way to go includes one, understanding us. Two, loving us. Three, taking care of us. Four, guiding us. There are also a million other ways to take care of your child, but that's what I feel like are the four basic steps. It also includes not being quick to anger or irritation. Sometimes my mom will just start shouting, In your Lua! And I'll be like, Wow! Was that really necessary? Especially what I feel. <laughs> was, 
only when I feel like the reason why. I feel the reason why she was shouting was something of was something minor, not really so trivial. But I understand, eh? We children, I know I'm a child. It can be very frustrating. We can we, we can force you to do things you necessarily don't really want to do. But it's important to note, eh? Another another part of taking care of us children includes hearing us out. And offering a firm no when needed. So, mommy, no, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. You see, Psalm 127, verse 3 says, eh, Children are a gift from the Lord, a reward from them. But sometimes, the way we children act nowadays, it can be hard to see it in that way. Especially in our hypersensitive generation, where every little thing, where every little thing said, is dissected under a huge microscope, is examined closely for flaws, and your words are picked apart, and every word has a deeper meaning attached to it. And I'll be the first to admit, sometimes when I get to arguments with my mom, and I really, and I really want to turn the whole argument around and make it about me, she can say something like, ah, why are you just acting anyhow? And I'll be like, wow, so I said about anyhow, child. I'll suddenly switch it around, to be my favor, favor, which is a behavior I'm trying to unlearn as it's wrong. But I feel like we aren't all that bad. My generation is self-aware. We are conscious of our rights. We are conscious of what we deserve. And no, it doesn't mean rights to change gender. It simply means we are more expressive with what we feel. We aren't unnecessarily guarded up. And a close sense of parenting won't work for us anymore. We have to be understood. We have to be taken care of. And we have to be helped. And yes, yes, we care. We do care. No matter how many times we may go against your opinions, we care. And we want you to know that we can't live without you forever. My friend once described parents as a light switch and before you say ah that's not like a very offensive way to describe your parents i'll explain she said that the light switch in your house you always put it off after a while in your head you think you don't need the light you think you can do without the light but after a while when it begins to get too dark for you you always put the light switch back on that's the way she sees her parents no matter how many times she tends to put them off and live in darkness she realizes that parents act as a beacon of light, a beacon of help, and she can't put them off. And I found that like really beautiful, because it also describes what I feel about our own parents. You see, Proverbs 22 verse 15 describes how a child can be foolish, right? But the rod will drive that foolishness out of him. For me, for me. I feel like child foolishness isn't only stealing meat, talking back, or rebelling against your mom's restrictive dress code. I feel like it includes body insecurity, the idea of being able to live without your parents, rejecting help and advice, 
and the rod doesn't have to be the koboko cruising on the top of your fridge. The rod, the rod can be a loving hand. The rod can be kind words. It can be an open mind. It can be outside understanding and an insightful opinion. And I'll be the first to admit, yeah, there are days when my thoughts seem to consume me. When I feel like there's nothing more after this. When I get unnecessarily anxious. And all the Bible verses my mom had armed me with in case anxiety pop off, they all vanish. That sounds really scary, right? And I'm left on my own in the middle row in class on a wooden desk, feeling lonely. But these are moments of child foolishness. Forgetting Romans 8.31 and the fact that if God is for me, who can be against me? Thank you, protocol officer. But my parents rod, yeah, a nice long hug worship music as well as inquiries about my day chase the foolishness far away and this goes against what i've seemed to term as the african methodology sounds like a lot of grammar let me explain it's a system that ignores the fact that children have issues or that children can feel bad and that parents shouldn't outrightly show emotion it's a system that i'm happy is crumbling because that's what we children need. It is no right to insult others. Then go ahead cursing that reckless driver switching lanes on the road. We should model the behavior we want to see in our children. The African methodology also perpetuates the fact that parents can do no wrong. We see it as kids online all the time. Oh yeah, let's go. The child will break a plate, mommy will start shouting. Next week, mommy will also break a plate, and then it becomes an accident. So was my own plate breaking intentional? Was it intentional? And then there's your famous Ephesians 6, verses 2 to 3. A Bible verse about honoring your parents and your days will be long. But there's a neglected verse in that chapter. Ephesians 6, verse 4. Which reads, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. why I learned about that verse. No, it is not from my mother, my father, or any of their friends and family. I heard it on TikTok. And don't you guys think that Ephesians is a really beautiful book of the Bible. Ephesians supports my generation, yeah. And I was so surprised. There really isn't anything the Bible hasn't discussed. So even God knows what we go through. I was excited, but one question that lingered on in the back of my mind 
But what really can we term as provoking your children to anger? So I began to wonder, what provokes me to anger? It can be little things, though, like blaming me and not apologizing. And yes, I'm one of those people that believe parents should apologize for their faults. Because we are all human at the end of the day. And it takes me back to my original point, which states we should model the behavior we want to see in our children. Another thing that can provoke me to anger is feeling like my parents don't understand me when I'm constantly shut down or misunderstood. The verse also brings up training children in the admonition of the Lord. And instead of getting into heated arguments every Sunday morning or slapping the child awake during morning devotion, we should consider this. We should try talking to them. And we should help them understand the importance of these godly activities and their overall significance. You see, when we provoke, which I feel like provoke is a relative term, the harder it is to obey the more famous sister of Ephesians 6 verse 4. It is hard to obey someone who provokes you. And this leads to rebelling, something that we are trying to actively avoid. Oftentimes after an argument, don't say things will die down. Eventually, they always will. But the tension is suffocating. It is choking and it's thick. There's a reason why the Bible says do not let the sun go down on our anger. This is another thing that challenges the African methodology. That parents cannot provoke their children. That children cannot, can only annoy or provoke parents. And that the cane is the first or second option always. Spare the rod and spoil the child is a verse that I'm still trying to understand. But for my personal study, I have two takes. I want to take us back into history, to Bible times. Historians say shepherds at the time used a crook to lift sheep out of holes they had fallen into. And they used a rod, a straight stick, to guide them. The sheep were not beaten with the rod. Sparing the rod in that sense means a parent must teach his or her child and guide them from right to wrong. The rod is used as a guide and a gentle reminder, not a harsh retribution. And then there's the more general take, the one we all tend to understand. If you don't beat your child, you will have a spoiled child. And I feel like the two takes can be correct. It takes me back against my original point. The rod isn't always the cane. Yes, I agree. Sometimes a whip or two can remind the child what they're doing is wrong. But like I said earlier, a rod can be some encouraging words, a hug, etc., etc. Not always the pancare. And I think that's why I found the first take very interesting, as I've never thought about it in that sense. Once again, the rod should be used as a guider, a gentle reminder, not a harsh retribution. Hmm, that's a hot take. In general, though, intentional parenting is a touchy subject. It is often cast aside and regarded as baby. But remember, it targets response rather than reaction. 
Our reaction tends to be the first thing we do. It's always easier to just dash the child one slap or just give them the iPad to keep them quiet. But remember, we are not fostering healthy connections between us and our children. We don't respond. We don't make them know their behavior is unacceptable. We don't talk to them. And we should find the roots. And like a weed, we should pull it out. From my interpretation of the verses in Proverbs, it isn't always beating, baby, begging, beating, repeat. It's way more than that. And the quicker we realize this, reject our old ways of thinking and embrace intentional parenting, the quicker we get kids who are ready to open up who aren't spoiled, but who aren't afraid. And the quicker we all understand ourselves. Thank you so much for listening to my message today. I hope you learned something or two from this. And enjoy the rest of the Children's Day celebration.